Hello and welcome to another edition of Talking Foosball, the Bundesliga show, your source for all things German football. I'm your host, Matt Herman, and this week, well, we are breaking format in a really big way. In part, that has to do with timing, with the so-called English week of three match days in ten days. We've just got too many games and not enough time to record all the podcasts, much less give you time to listen to all the podcasts. But in part, the reasoning behind the different plan for this episode is to spotlight a club who recently provided me with a rare opportunity, a trip to Germany to be their guest for two games, as well as a chance to speak with leading figures at the club about the season that they're having, their plans for the coming years, how they're reaching out to fans all over the world. Yeah, it's Bayern 04 Leverkusen. It is a club that I have had a lot of time for for years, going back to the days when I lived in Bonn, which is an easy train ride away from the Bay Arena. It's a place where I've seen a lot of great games. I've seen a ton of guys who would go on to be stars, guys like Arturo Vidal, Tony Kroos, Hyunming Son. It is also a club whose tradition of winning, let's remember, they have 40 straight years in the Bundesliga. That's matched only by Bayern and Dortmund at the moment. One of only three German teams to reach the European Cup final in the Champions League era, matched by Bayern and Dortmund as well. They have earned my and hopefully your respect by now. But, you know, what about now? Where does Bayern Dolphin Leverkusen stand in 2019? This is a German football landscape that's seen seven straight years of Bayern Munich domination. The Bavarians have taken the league title in each of those last seven years, as well as have been the only club to have reached the last four of the Champions League in that span as well. How does a club like Bayer bridge the gap? You know, I have the answer right from the horse's mouth. Sporting director Simon Rolfes told me that the way that Bayer is going to do it is the way they've kind of always done it, by developing young stars. We want to develop for the top six in the world, not for the, t not for the top 14, because we see uh, each, uh, ourselves in the position behind, with, with other teams behind the top six or top seven in the world. So we want to develop for them. And, um, and with all the others, we want to compete. For sure, we, we have a good, also the capacity to compete with them. So... Um, um, for me, are good examples like Dani Cavaral, Toni Kroos. Yeah. Uh, they're good examples. Arturo Vidal goes to, to Juve and Barcelona. They're good examples for us. And today's Leverkusen squad has a string of under-23 players who have the potential to become superstars. Guys like Kai Havertz, Leon Bailey, Musa Diaby. And the club is actually about to get another one. 21-year-old Exequiel Palacios is joining the club in January. This midfielder had been linked to the likes of Real Madrid since leading River Plate to two straight Copa Libertadores finals. And, you know, he actually mentioned Bayer Leverkusen's reputation as a European gateway for South Americans in the press release that came out surrounding the transfer a couple of days ago. Rolfus, you know, he said that Bayer had been working this angle for some time. I think there are two different aspects. So the region here, as in the Rhineland, I think it's a it's an easy region. So the people here in the Rhineland are a little bit more relaxed than than in other areas of, of Germany. So I think that's a, that's a good good region to be here, this running. And then um, we have a long history, and we have a really professional department for taking care of them. 
we know have another a lot of knowledge uh, about the years. Uh, we know the the problems they have uh, for integration or or that uh, that style. So it's very professional to take care of the players, but also the families. When they come with the families, the kids, uh, the, the wife. So we take care of, of everything. And then, for sure, it's very easy. If, if, if a South American player is coming, if they are already for there. <laughs> you know, it's very easy to, to uh, when you come in our locker room, one one corner is, is more or less only South America. <laughs> yeah, or Spanish speaking. Uh, we have a lot of we have a lot of people uh, speaking Spanish in our club. We have a CEO from from Spain now, um, but also coaches or staff members. We have, with for example, one one teacher is um, teaching the staff uh, Spanish in the, in the company for the whole company. So in different departments. So a lot of. Um, um, Employees here speak also Spanish, so we make it very easy for them to integrate. And then, I think well, that would be a third, one, a third uh, thing. Um, we we play a, um, a technical football. In South America, normally they play they're good technical players. So we have a style where you, where they could integrate integrate very very quickly. So I think these three points are very important for us. If Palacio settles in Germany like Bayern hope he does, gelling on the pitch and off of it with the likes of Chile's Charles Aranguiz and former River teammate Lucas Alario, the Werks Elf could be set for some big things, maybe even a title, says Rolfes. Uh, to, to be honest, now that's that's a big wish, a big wish and big uh, big goal to to win a, t- a title. And you have to say, in uh, um, but in Germany is the same than in France or in in Italy, uh, where Juve wins seven times or eight times in a row the championship by Munich, uh, PSG. That will be the most difficult one. But to win the cup, uh, cup final, for example, or the, to 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 have a chance in the Europa League, there are also other good teams, but. Um, to win that, that's a big goal. And also uh, for this season, it's, uh, the cup, for example, is uh, playing an important role. Plays an important role. No, that's that's a good, good competition, and you have a lot of good teams uh, there uh, also this um, this year. And and uh, but we're also a good team, so that's the competition we want to win. The hunger for a title is definitely there within the Bayer squad as well. The team's win over Bayern Munich a few weeks back helped them silence some critics who thought that they hadn't shown up in recent big games, and others who thought that a team coached by Peter Bosch was too gung-ho an attack to win a title. When I sat down with goalkeeper Lukas Radetzky, he was adamant that he thought Bosch was a winner. Yeah, I mean, he definitely, like I told earlier, he, he has brought some winning mentality into this uh, into this team, and I think the average of points what we've uh, what we've uh, reached this year uh, per game has been uh, one of the best uh, for the coaches in Leverkusen and it's still a, it's still a process but yeah I mean uh, we maybe still need a couple of we have some players whose contract is uh, running to the end uh, at the end of the season so we we have some players we need to sign and uh, hopefully the leader leaders on the pitch they will uh, remain in Bayer to keep the process going, keep the development going, but yeah, I mean, with the mix downstairs from the cultures, from the uh, from the playing players and the types we have in the team, uh, I think there is something bubbling under, and uh, I think the com- combination uh, uh, looks looks pretty good. Yeah. 
My trip to Germany, unfortunately for Bayer, came with a dip in form. A loss, perhaps expected, to Juventus in the Champions League, followed by a more surprising defeat to Cologne, who would come into that match at the foot of the table. But that's football. If Diaby had scored early against Juve instead of hitting the post, or if Alexander Dragovic and then Leon Bailey hadn't got themselves sent off at the Müngersdorfer Stadion, I might have seen them pick up four or even six points instead of none. Still, a totally spectacular trip, and one that cemented my impression that Bayer is a club that's going places, and one that I think will bag a title sooner rather than later. I'm going to be posting more of this Leverkusen material that I got, including some full interview tape with Radetzky and Rolfus to the Talking Foosball Patreon page in the coming day, so do look out for it over there. As for the rest of the league on match day 15, uh, sorry folks, but I don't have that much to say about it. I saw the scores, I saw a few of the highlights, but I spent much of the weekend either in one particular stadium, in Cologne that is, or in a series of planes, trains, and automobiles traveling around or to and from Germany. Red Bull, wait, oh sorry, uh, Rosenball Sport are top. Cologne did get themselves out of the cellar. Wolfsburg got that big win. And yeah, Jürgen Klinsmann's Hertha took down Freiburg to cut Union's lead in the race for the Berliner Stadtmeisterschaft to a slim five points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I had to mention it. We will be seeing you later in the week for more Talking Foosball and Talking Foosball Fantasy. Bis zum nächsten Mal, y'all. <laughs>